0: Welcome listeners to Dark Tides, a paranormal actual plague podcast. I'm your host, show creator, and narrator, Aubrey Lydon. With me this week, as they are every week, are the stars of the show, the apples of my eye. Oh,
1: Chester BJ. Nice. I'm purely ethereal. I, I, I'm not here. I think every uh, every week Aubrey just kind of goes back to his drawing board to figure out other ways he can get rid of us off the
0: show. Bold of you to assume it's I like... have a drawing board. <laughs> Like bold Wily of you coyote. to assume Aubrey right. has okay, a show. maybe maybe
1: if I if I push Chester off a cliff and then maybe ah oh, he showed up again ah okay God well, well damn it dark tides.
2: every time you every time I bring biscuits up here Chester's just here. So we are gonna
0: go right into fun facts this week. Yes, uh, I'm told that you have them. Whether they are actually fun, I can't vouch for that. Uh, Bj, you said that you had one.
1: Yeah, well, it's more of a figurative name. Uh, okay, so my fun fact, my Alistair fun fact. This, By the way, hi, my name's BJ. I play Alistair Stern. He likes chocolate milk. Thank you. Weird stuff. Good. Uh, my fun fact for this week is the one and only time Alistair tried to buy a Father's Day present for his dad. Because uh, he was like, you know what? He's he's interesting to live with, but he is my dad, so I'm going to do it. So Alistair bought uh, Mayor Stern. This is when Alistair was like, I don't know, 14, maybe. Uh. He bought his dad a lawnmower because, you know, he had an old broken lawnmower and he was constantly complaining about it. So Alice was like, ah oh, I'm, I'm going to buy dad a lawnmower. So Father's Day happened. Alice just said, hey, dad, I got something to show you. Takes him out, out the front of the house, opens the door, and there's like a lawnmower with like a bow on it, like they do with new cars, but for a lawnmower. It's just like a push, push one. And his dad was like man, um, I, Alistair, I don't know who left this here, but this is incredible. Somebody's left a brand new... He's like, no, Dad, it's me. but because his dad always talks over the top of him, he couldn't explain, <laughs> I bought this for you. And so he's like, you know, that reminds me, son, I've been meaning to teach you how to mow the lawns because I think it's time you stepped up. And so he spent Father's Day mowing his own lawn and did it ever since. <laughs> so I was like, this is perfect timing. I was just thinking about that the other day, and now I don't even have to buy a new one. Some some generous soul from my constituency has left this here. Wow. Uh, so Alistair never childhood. tried again yeah. because it backfired. <laughs> he doesn't He doesn't hate mowing the lawns, but he's just like, of course. Of course my dad found a way to
2: ruin it. Of course. Are we not doing intros?
0: We I did mine. Quick.
2: Oh, okay. I did mine very uh, quick. Uh, hi. I'm Chester and I play Heath O'Sullivan, a T Special Forces operative and leader of the newest trainee team, codenamed Wormwood. I guess we just leave it there. (laughs) Is there more? Yeah, there's quite a bit more. Um, Thank you very much. So, special little fun fact about Heath Heath bears a lot of responsibility in his, like, he considers it a lot of responsibility. He is the culmination of basically the greatest teachers of Tia's past as far as he's concerned. So he was given the kind of the power and emotion of Warwick, of Warwick like that in training and spending so much time with him. And also the quick wittedness of Warwick's teacher, which we'll get into at some stage. And he feels like he's the accommodation of these great teachers and these kind of building blocks of what Tia is today. And like the accumulation of all this history. And he, he carries that weight and is very proud of that teaching and, what it's given him he's an interesting person because he's had power his entire life his power is so so useful and so yeah. incredible he's one of those <laughs> but the thing is that power is useless unless you can channel it and so warwick gave him the ability to channel that power in force and in a useful way and gave him uh, like heath is an incredibly emotional person like he's completely driven by love and anger and all that type of stuff of everything he does then he was given the kind of trickle down through that through his interactions with Warwick's teacher is the quick wittedness and all that type of stuff and he he feels very responsible for the fact that he got all this incredible teaching to try and live up to those standards yes because of course
0: Warwick's uh mysterious master is the head of Tears defense master so, of defense a lot to live up to indeed all right well uh we're gonna jump right into today's episode Aubrey doesn't have a fun fact or a recommendation. So,
2: oh, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: You know what? Check out tea. Just just good old fashioned, Check out, yeah. yeah. Twice a a strong, drink. bold,
2: crisp. Clean drink it every taste. day. I'm
1: a, I'm a fan of the Majura Earl Grey. And we're so, moving right past so. that. Oh. Earl Grey is not real tea. You know, Mr. Pop. <laughs>
0: The rain is pattering across London's rooftops. Smog limps round street corners and slips over the chimney stacks. The Tear Society's headquarters on Whitechapel Road hulks like a stalwart of the Victorian pragmatism. In an upstairs office, Team Wormwood, newly reformed, is meeting with the head of research, or, in the Tear Society's slang, the chief borrower, Anne Bell. Alistair... Heath and Puck are uh, standing on the very threadbare carpet outside Anne's office. Uh, is there anything you want to discuss quickly before you go in? You're you right? You're looking for something?
2: Mm, it's in my other jacket. What is? A lighter. Oh, I thought you were
0: going to say a comb. Okay. Oh. Com- right. oh. You and your hair. No, it's fine. do his hair. Okay. Mind. It's, it's fine, Heath. It's fine. Alistair then checks his own hair. Puck rubbing her, like, stubble-shaved head. See, when you do this, there's a lot less to worry about. Boys yeah, and like, your hair. That style has to work. Like, it works for you, but I, that's not going to work Every for Every style me. works for me. Thank you. Yeah, we, yeah, that's what I said. I always have one on me. Where did I put it? Well, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe this is a sign, you know, you should quit smoking. Ever heard of that little one?
2: I don't smoke cigarettes.
0: Look, I don't want to know what doesn't mean it's good, good for them. you. The fact that they're blue is probably a sign that they're not good. And I'm pretty sure it's not like cherry
2: flavored vape or something, right? Cherry I mean, maybe blueberry if it was, I mean, you know, like cuz You know. Oh. Well, well I mean, yeah. You know, blueberry isn't actually... It Doesn't look blue. Yeah. Hey, you know, you got to shrugs a little bit. You know, you got to have you got to have your pleasures. Yeah, fair enough. You got to have lung cancer too apparently. Hey, Puck's gonna knock at the door. What's more likely to kill me? Actually, yeah, that's not a bad point. I ain't eleven to thirty. <laughs> he pushes the door open and walks in. <laughs> Wait, how old? Mm, how old how is? How to
0: walks in? All right, whatever. Puckology. You. Uh, you step into Ann Bell's office. It is a small room. Uh, it's in a little kind of an annex uh, above. The main research department, which, as Alistair knows from long experience, is a large, multi-storied hallway packed with books and filing cabinets, shelving systems. That's the Um, good stuff. He spent many hours in there. It is effectively an extremely dense private library. Not only because he got lost once. (laughs) Not a surprise. Ann Bell's office resides uh, one level above this with direct access to the library itself. It's a small corner office with one window that looks at a brick wall (laughs) and nothing else, so it's permanently lit by reading lamps. There is room in here for a small leather-topped desk, a wing-backed chair in one corner, and just stacks upon stacks upon stacks of books and files and paperwork mounting to the ceiling pretty much nothing else in here except for a very small heater and a tea set hmm. uh, Anne Bell uh, small and petite with her hair uh, tied back, her wireframe glasses, she is shuffling around this room trying to sort files into different piles and uh, organise herself a little as you come in
2: uh, <coughs> I'm sorry <coughs> Don't <coughs> I'll be alive in a second to make my line <laughs> <laughs> uh, Heath pushes open the door and like throws a hand up. Belle, you bought a folder yet? Hmm. Oh, mm. oh, good. You're here. She's looking. Uh, watch. What time is it? Uh, it turns to it back. What time is it? Uh Alster would have a watch or something. It turns to Alistair It's time. He it turns back to her It's time. It's all. That's all, <laughs> all like right. Well, I'm Tom just going to assume that
0: you're late. And we'll work on that principle. I can't...
2: No, I, I would know what time
1: it is. I just anywhere. don't know what time it is in Aubrey's universe. Neither does like Aubrey. It doesn't matter. Okay, good. That anyway,
0: might. you're all here. That's good. Oh, and Alistair's back. That's good. Two. Were you... Hi. You were away. Yes. I was. Yes, yeah, you were. Visiting. And mm, Visiting a friend.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that
0: nice. I have a job for you, and it's rather pressing. Time is... An issue, we need to move fast. If I could just find... She's going to (laughs) roll. Natural 12. Uh, Here it is. She pulls out from underneath the teapot. Uh, (laughs) A very slim file. We have managed to track down another possible lead on this mysterious disappearing gun of yours, Alistair. Um, Really? The Ilios Significant, I believe is what we're calling it now. Uh, we're calling the whole okay. file the Ilios case file, which is a little uh, nondescript for my liking. Anyway, we believe that... you have a lead. Yes, well, from your experiences and Charlotte's experiences in the field, we already know that the gun is not the only object to come out of Ilios that has um, an altered effect, let's say. There was also the cube, which proved to be rather... Dangerous, Unstable. I suppose. And the gun, which so far seems to have been rather unstable. Yes,
2: Heath. Uh, uh, Heath's going to, like, lean against one of the walls, looking around the room. It's like, and uh, do we have a reason for why the the cube was an antique store yet? Have we worked that out? I'm not pretty sure that guy's, like, a wizard or something. I mean, all antique store owners are. No, but, like, for real, he's...
1: Anyway. A wizard of prices. I'm sorry.
2: You were saying, Anne. Yes. So... What
0: we do have is a link that another item, supposedly of Ilios make, is actually going to be coming up for auction. Now, um, okay. I probably don't really need to tell you that the the sale, <laughs> let alone the manufacturing, but um, the sale and trading of any kind of, uh, let's call them altered items, is, is outlawed in just about every country. This item that's coming up for sale is going to be happening, uh, well, that... Uh, We'll call it. We'll call it a a black market uh, auction. Uh, Right? Maybe tonight. We only got the word very recently. Yes. Well, one of my borrowers uh, found word that there was an auction coming up, and several items that fit the description, but we're not sure exactly which one of the three it is yet. We're going to work on pinning down exactly which item. Well, I mean, our job is to find out about things, and we do have informants within that trading sector sure. sorry i i know we're pressed for time i won't yes yep. so in the interest of that we're going to we're going to split efforts divide and conquer as it were um heath i want you to take your team and i want you to go and find uh one of your informants i know you love him uh very dearly he should be able to tell you exactly where this is
2: happening i mean wait, 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 wait. Uh, uh, just, just. I know time, time is pressing, but so we have a second one of these significant items. S- Allegedly. Allegedly. The first one has now bound itself to one of my team, and you're now sending me after a second. Well, if you recall, there was a little competition
0: to get this one, and mm-hmm. we are a little concerned, and by we I mean the board and I are concerned that... Whoever is after these will probably get there ahead of us. So we thought oh, no. to go fast, and we will back you up as quickly as possible. Go fast and go Are hard. Are you sure
1: there wasn't any other people to do this job? I mean, I had to come no away from nope. the other side of the we're, world. Where the one? We're the one? Well,
0: ones. yes. Um, we did think that because of your uh, natural connection or uh, natural affinity. Is this say. tea? Okay. Yes, yep. it's no, quite I, cold. I got you. Because of your natural affinity, it would seem with our existing uh, object, you might be able to recognize... She told you it was cold. It's cold. Yeah. You might be able to recognize this one. Uh, we have narrowed it down to, okay. to three potential objects that we know to be coming up in a sale. One is a teacup. Uh, another is some sort of stuffed animal. Uh, And the third is a set of cufflinks. Now, we're going to do our best to pin down exactly which one it is and to find a way to contain it if it is dangerous. But what I need from you is basically to pin down exactly where the sale is going to happen. And for that, we need a street team, and that is you. Righto. I would suggest you talk to the mouth. Oh, hound dog. Yes. Oh, I know... Oh, I know he's been um, difficult in, in the past, but if anyone can can wrangle mm. him, I'm sure it's you, Heath.
2: Well, I'm sure these two would uh, like to meet uh,
0: old handy. So, yes. If you can track that down, I am going to prepare you a cover story, basically, to get inside whatever this auction is, wherever it is. Um, as buyers, we will supply you with the necessary funds... Uh, and the idea is for you to try and purchase it legitimately, and if things turn out for the worst, to use force to get it and
2: Qu- uh, get out of there. Yes, right. one, I like the way this is going. One glaring problem pl- 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 <clears throat> the T. One glaring problem with that is the. Um, understand? If your if your concern is that uh, this masked man is going to be there again, yes, he's seen all of us. We are aware of this,
1: yes. I know we have experience, but... I mean, I'm also... I'm all
2: down for a round two, but... Well, this is our thought. The
0: auction is the best time to strike. Because, well, I don't know if you've ever been to one of these auctions. I've only had the occasion once to identify something. Um, But they tend to be heavily guarded. There tends to be a lot of people you would not like to anger... In the room, so it is not the so optimal essentially, time to. Make if a we
1: don't food. get out clean, we're in trouble. But if, if we somebody do, else gets there's out, there's much out less chance it. to someone else.
0: Exactly, he will likely, likely just kill them take on the it way beforehand, home. right? Well, uh, okay, yeah. Any s- objects going up for sale are going to be heavily guarded because, of course, in that market, they are mm. worth a great deal of money to these collectors. And collectors of yep. altered items tend to be the wealthier. And so you the want us to try and get hold of it
1: before it gets to the point where it's most vulnerable after the auction.
0: Exactly. Okay. Now, I do have another team on route. Warwick and a team of 10 are returning from Switzerland. Now, they should be here by later tonight. They are going to be directly rerouted to your location. Once we know what it is, we will see if they turn up on time. We thought because Alistair... Already has some experience with these items. He is probably the best person to put it another way. Alistair, you are effectively compromised in a sense because you have already been exposed. We don't. I understand. Yes, I don't mean to be not... insensitive.
1: No, it's okay. It's not ideal, uh, and I don't love it. But
0: well, I mean, we got to make the best of the situation we have. So it's okay. I, I understand exactly. And a bright side could be that if you've already been bound to one item, you're impervious from being bound to another. We don't know that the effects can be compounded. It seems equally reasonable to assume that they cannot be. We are running on a 50-50, but, and here is the most important thing, if we have one of these items under laboratory conditions, not bound to a person and suddenly disappearing and reappearing at will, we might be able to tell a lot more about what is actually wrong with them and i say wrong in uh, the loosest possible terms but it means that we might know how to separate this thing from alistair and also to pin down exactly what ilios was doing that created these because that in itself is quite worrying but we are wasting time yeah yes we should probably get moving if you pin down the physical when and where i will have the means to acquire the item ready for you when you return we smash cut to the pavement outside of the Herringbone. A small, greasy chippy on the corner of Verdant Street just outside of Whitechapel. This place is grimy. It is white and green tiled. There's a smattering of faded meal deal and takeaway prices uh, chalked up on the walls. It is essentially a municipal takeaway. Uh, You can see a few little Formica top tables here and there inside. You can see a couple of people uh, hanging around. It's about 8 o'clock at night at this point. Alistair, you've never been here, but Heath seems very familiar. This seems to be the haunt of the mouth, or hound dog, as he is being called. So as
1: we are walking up, you kind of catch the end of the conversation between Alistair and Puck. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, if that does happen, then I guess... If the gun doesn't work,
0: then I pull out the stuffed toy and I'm like, "Ha,
1: hands up!" Yeah. And or like, we can do
0: this, and she pulls up like the side of her tank top to show you, like just above the hip, there's a tattoo of a pack of C4. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Alright, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, maybe
2: I could put that in a teddy bear. Okay. Uh, playing YouTube. So uh, right. just a bit bit of background. Hound dog, interesting guy, bit intense. Yeah. Uh, he sounded pretty difficult, from what uh, Ann was saying. It's all about how you know how to talk to him. Uh, he wasn't Great. with my training group. He was uh, one of them next to them, but we worked a fair bit. He's he's an interesting guy. Don't talk when. So he's an agent. He, uh, uh no, no, no. He was. He didn't okay. work he's with here. It was a different type of thing. But okay. He was around. Uh, yeah. So i um, maybe hold off on talking till I have established. A e friendliness. Uh, yep, gotcha. Cool. And he's going to kind of muscle his way through the crowd to get to deeper in.
0: Uh, there is no
2: crowd. There is
0: maybe four or five people. Okay. Uh, I thought this was like an eating area. It, it is an eating into. area, but think of think of a grimy fish and chip shop. Ah. Oh, right. um, it is, and it's also after eight most at night, of the people have gone it's, home. It's kind of after most people's dinner. Uh, you can see as you walk through the door, there's a guy at a table. He looks older. He's got a scraggly beard. He doesn't look like he's very well well looked after. He is pouring mountains of sugar into one cup of black coffee and mumbling to himself. A couple of teenagers rowdily talking in another corner, um, throwing chips at each other over the table. <laughs> Teenager things. Teenager things.
1: Uh-huh, dude, that was such a secret trick shot. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, yeah, the German backpackers is that? apparently.
2: <laughs> they're, they're from Sweden. They're, they're backpackers. <laughs> and so. there's another one.
1: Oh yeah, do it again. Do it again, Hans. Oh, I catch it this time. Oh, look at that! Wow. Right.
0: At the at the back at the counter where you would order, you can see a very small, short, squat man in a massive puffer jacket, uh, arguing with the lady behind the counter. Chelsea, love, come on. You've got to know by
2: now, I'm good for the money. I'm good for it, I swear. Heath is going to walk up behind him and push, like, a $10 note along the counter. Hey, wait your turn, mate.
0: He turns to look at Heath. Uh, he's all, you can see in his face the insult half-formed. When he recognizes you, his eyes kind of go wide, and he tries to shove past you and bolt for the door, making a post roll.
2: Hang on, Uh, Alistair's going to assist. Three, a month. Do I add my anything to it, or is it just straight roll? Um, you
0: can add your combat ability to it. I would say because you're trying to basically. Uh, 14. Uh, He tries to bolt past you. You grab him by the back of the jacket, and he's like struggling to get out of the jacket. As Alistair just like steps forward and completely blocks him, and he starts backpedalling into Heath, doesn't know which way to go, and he's going to start rummaging around inside his pockets as you're like arresting him, and he pulls out a knife. He starts trying to swing it around at you, but you've got him like. Oh, all right, okay, now calm down. We're just going to talk to you. No, no,
2: no. You're going to step off, boy. Hey, we're not going to hurt you. We're just here to talk. Heath. Still holding him by the jacket, lifts it up so he's like his feet are dangling. Reaches around, grabs the knife and twists his ah, wrist. Ah,
0: ah. All right, all right.
2: He drops it. Roll for that. I rolled an eight. Yeah, he rolled a five. All right, <laughs> nice. he drops it.
0: All right, okay, okay. Please, Uncle, Uncle, come on, knife. give a fellow a chance. I paid
2: for your dinner.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I know you, and this is not going to go well for me. So I was just going to skip out. Come on. It, it always
2: goes well. Come on. Nah. Come it, on. No, nah, it doesn't. He's going to start like still holding him up, lead him over to like one of the tables. Nah, it doesn't him always down. go well.
0: You remember that time in Brixton where a pikey nearly stoves my head in? Sorry, you I don't think you have that. a choice
2: in this, bro. And uh, whose who's fault was antagonizing him?
0: Look, a pikey's a pikey. You'd say anything to him, he's going to try and stove your head in. But the fact is you were supposed to protect me and you didn't.
2: The fact is you said something to him so what you were supposed to protect me I can't protect you when I'm half a kilometer up the road you're supposed to be fast
1: anyway Look, we just we just need information you give us the information we'll be
0: out of your head all right well that's all
2: deal no tonight deal. antiques what do you know what's going down what's good yeah yeah what's going down
0: what do you mean like Princess Diana commemorative mugs no, you know what we're talking about. Oh, though. do I know what you're talking about? Do I know what you're talking yes, about? Yes, you do. Who's this yes, one? You do. You're babysitting again. And the other one, why is she... S- hey! <laughs> Puck is just um, very... Like, Puck rolls up her sleeve to show the Bowie knife. <laughs> 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 and then he's like, <laughs> Alistair, Alistair yeah. is still holding his what? knife as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've all got floor. knives. I get it. Great. Now, if you want any <laughs> he's information... He's like, pointing at the
2: two of, of you all, is like, we're not, suppo- we're, not, we're not supposed to have knives, put them yeah, away. Yeah, listen to it's the baby. Okay,
1: because he's holding it by the handle. Flicks it up in the air, it spins, and he catches it by the blade, and then he puts it back on the table towards the guy, and he's like, we just need the
0: information. Well, look, Heath, I think we all know you're supposed to uh, grease the wheels a little. What's in it for me? You know it's putting my neck out. If I were even seen with you, do you know what that does to my credibility? My ability to actually continue to make a living because you
2: guys don't do any of that. Listen, Houndy, I, I understand, but you know, oh, also... Oh, don't call me that. Just call me Mickey. Okay, Mickey. Firstly, also being seen in a place like this probably isn't great for your reputation. This is a dumpster. Oh, aren't you posh? Oh, well, I mean, I'm posher than
0: going to go to McDonald's. Posh for a patty, that's sure.
2: We can uh we can work some things out. Tier Tia does have a few things on record for you. Yeah, a, a lot of people things. have got a few things yes, on record for yes, me. Usually, it's a the A few cops. things can be, yeah, some things wiped
0: that off. we might not mention. Oh no, no, son, you don't go around trying oh, to throw yeah, blackmail yeah, yeah. in my face. You're barely out of diapers. You don't get to come and tell Mickey what it has, what it means to have a rap sheet. I don't think it's blackmail to
1: mention your criminal record. Oh okay, yeah, you sound
0: so so sure of that, don't you, son? Mickey, Mickey, I'm Mickey. sure you've got a few parking fines. What? They're trainees. I know, and they're not showing me any yeah, respect. And remember? I think that's really your fault, because they should respect me, because where would you be without people like Mickey tell
2: you the ins and outs? Wouldn't be anywhere. Do you You're have the, the one like who it?
0: tried to cut and run when we got here? Alistair, like, kind
1: of turns uh, away. Yeah. He's like, all right, I'll let Heath do his job.
2: Heath's going to pull out his cigarettes, his quote-unquote cigarettes, and hand one to Mickey and put one in his own mouth. Oh, this is the good stuff. It is. Mickey, uh, so... There's a deal going down tonight. Uh, Tia's pretty pressing for us to to be there and to see everything that's going on. Uh, we just need to know. Name name your price, and we can we can deal with that. She's pulling out all the stops here, so you know you can go pretty heavy with it. All
0: right. Well, look, I hear things. Mm. I can't give you too much. Like I don't know who's running it. All I heard was there was a thing going on down in Brixton tonight. All we need. We is just a... we just need a location. Yep, he says. That's all we need. Right. Well, look. If you if you're really going down that road, the players on that scene are heavy hitters. Mm. They're the ones with the real cash behind them, and they're the ones with the private security and all. Mm. We know. You, you go, look. He's you're a mate, and for a paddy, you're not half bad, but you're not exactly subtle. You
2: know I what can I mean?
0: I could be I could be, su- be subtle. Yeah. You see those boots that you're wearing.
2: Mm-hmm. Alistair and she Puck like Lady just Gaga. Like roll their eyes in sync. <laughs> Lady Gaga was doing it after me, I think. I don't know Lady Gaga. But I don't know either. My well, point is, if you're going to go in there, you're not going to be able to do it with
0: your usual fanfare and all this stuff. And not with those two. He's pointing at Puck and Alistair with the knives. Flash and things like that. No, no, no. Al- Alistair doesn't have a knife.
1: He's put the other guy's knife back on his ground.
0: Yeah, but you back were... on the table, were. so All I'm saying is, if you're going to go in... Do it subtle like. Have a little decorum. I get you. A little I showmanship. You. Yeah. But not too much. Not your kind of showmanship. And not that kind either with the knife jugglers. Uh, Alistair's like Pat's Heath on the back He's like, Don't worry. He's he's taught us a
1: thing about a thing or two about that as well.
0: Yeah, mate. Well in this profession it means nothing until you proved it. Great.
1: Well, the sooner you give us what we need, the sooner we can All right,
0: look, get to that, I guess. He he rummages through his pockets until he finds a receipt and he scribbles down an address for you. Uh, you can see that it's a warehouse in Brixton. It's somewhere a little bit out of the way, a little bit grungy. Uh, he writes down 10 p.m. Look, that's what I heard. This is far above my pay grade, the stuff, kind of stuff I deal in. I'm not going to get a look in, uh, but this is going to be the movers and shakers. This is going to be the big lot. And what they're paying for, I can only guess is going to be, well, depending on how you look at it, it's either the good stuff or the bad stuff. Hmm. Alistair takes the piece of paper and folds it up. He's like, "All right, now you got to know." And he's he's talking more to Alistair and Puck here. You got to know if people are out there the the kind of people that buy this stuff, the kind of people that sell this stuff, they're the ones you really got to look out for because you know it's not like a drug deal, it's not like arms dealing or any of that stuff. It's not even like like human trafficking or any of those things. This is. They got ends for it that really ain't good. I'm not saying that the drug stuff or the gun stuff or any of those things I'll still the eye ends. ends.
1: I appreciate your concern. We know what we're in for.
0: Don't get me wrong. This isn't concern for you. This is concern for the fact that if I oh, get I'm burned sure. on this, I'm going to have to be on the run. And I don't really want to go to Southeast London.
2: Yeah, well, we'll be dead. <laughs> so, you know. I don't want to go four blocks that way. Uh, Heath is going to write down on napkin a phone number and push it towards him. He's so, like, that's my new number. Call me anything you want. All right. Anything well, usual
0: big. price. Yeah. Yep. Maybe a little bonus because there is short notice.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's...
0: All right. Yeah. Elsa's gonna turn and start walking outside. Above the Indian takeaway in the main street of Port Staples, Ernest Marsh has cobbled together enough dowdy bits of furniture to make a let's call it a makeshift waiting room in his hall before the the door to his office. And sitting in a particularly moth-eaten, musty-smelling chair, we find Sherman reading a three-day-old gossip magazine as Officer Randy makes his way up the corridor. You know they make the stuff in those magazines up, right? Oh, boy. Uh, Sherman kind of hides his face a little bit deeper into the magazine.
1: It's Sherman, right? Randy. My name's Randy. Uh, I'm pretty sure we've met. You're Gina's brother,
0: right? Hmm. Hmm.
1: What are you doing here?
0: <laughs> Eventually lowers the magazine, uh, makes sparse eye contact with him. Goes, um, I guess a job interview by the sounds. Nice. Of it.
1: Randy walks over to him and then realizes that the chair next to him is a folding chair, like one of those cheap black folding mm-hmm. chairs. And he goes to sit down and then stands up and goes, "I don't trust folding chairs. I had an incident with one when I was twelve years old. Oh uh, yeah." Uh, They freak me out. And he takes the chair, folds it up, moves it to the side, and leans against the wall.
0: (laughs) So what is a uh, distinguished member of the local constabulary doing here?
1: Oh, is that what I am? (laughs) Uh, uh, Anyway, uh, same as you, I suppose. Job interview. You have a job. (laughs) You're a civil servant, aren't you? Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure it'll allowed to like take. Ran- Randy is always work. looking for better ways to serve the community, though. Have you considered running? A you youth You see, group? the mission. I, really, of I feel a like, civil like you'd be really good servant. with kids, so Randy. What? I wasn't listening. I feel like you'd be really good with kids. Have you thought about maybe starting a youth group? Actually, yes, I have. <laughs> but unfortunately, my mechanical hand kind of scares them off now.
0: Um mm, mm, Yep. Hand. Know, Randy,
1: Randy wants to keep the children safe, though. You know, Randy. Randy tries. Uh, but they don't. Uh, they don't. They don't really respect Randy, and then Randy
0: doesn't want to you yell at them. You start referring so to yourself in the third person. Is that normal? Started
2: as um as this conversation's going on, you hear the door of the office creak open a little bit. What was that? And your eyes drift over as something. Bright Orange is whisked away from trying to open the door. And Ernest <laughs> opens the door, holding what looks like a slightly mist-shaped pumpkin under his arm. It's like, hi, hello. He like starts to cu- like close the door and hide the pumpkin behind the door. Is that a pumpkin boy? No. Why would you know about pumpkin? Oh, Randy's had some experience with the Pumpkin Boys. <laughs> I guess also you two all know about the supernatural stuff, so I don't need to... He like, lets the door swing open and carries the Hi, Pumpkin Ernest. Boy over towards the um the little I knew window he has, and he puts it down in the He's little very green nice. bed. Uh, Ernest. Randy walks over.
1: To try and aggressively pat the pumpkin boy with his mechanical hand. <laughs> so, uh, Ernest, you're making
0: friends out of vegetables now.
2: Uh, not so much a friend, more of a son. Uh, anyway. That's worse. He's a good yeah, pumpkin worse.
0: boy. He's a good you know that. Boy. You
2: know there's programs in the community
0: for like, you know, getting boy. out there and meeting people, making friends.
2: Ernest <laughs> goes over and sits on his, his desk and looks at him. like, not I have making friends. making family out of vegetables. I have friends. You too. It's very well carved. Uh, all right. Well.
1: Uh, what do you want, Marsh Boy? I'm on a
0: time Yes, yeah, exactly. What it's just about. I'm supposed to be back on shift. Jeremy's going to dock my pay.
2: As this is all going on, the other door of the office opens up as Davo walks through, carrying a big, like, cardboard box filled to the brim with radio equipment, and stacks it next to a bunch of other boxes of other stuff from the room that's being packed up. And let's crosses his hands. So. Uh, I mentioned to each of you at one point or another about giving me a hand with something, and he kind of gestures to Sherman, about having something of your own, and then gestures to Randy of doing something a bit different. Randy nods. Yep. Well, Alistair's away, so typically I <laughs> turn to him <laughs> yeah, for, for this type of stuff, but we're, uh, we're on our own. Wow, second choice crew. That's a good feeling. On
0: our own, in what situation, may I yeah, ask? Yeah, that's kind of what I want to know too. Yeah, that's what I want to know too. Directly after knowing the hourly rate,
2: Ernst leans forward, smiles at them, says, "You want to go on a monster hunt?"
0: return to London, the rain has only intensified. Uh, Evening is drawing darker and colder. The fog is sort of rolling in off the Thames. Team Wormwood are assembled in the back seat of, let's say, a 1960s sedan. It is sleek and powerful. It is a collector's era car. Uh, You are being driven by one of the, let's say, office staff um, since there's not a lot of people, field men out there at the moment. You are dressed to the nines in not quite black tie, but formal attire for this sort of occasion.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Puck is dressed as your security. Heath and
2: Alistair, you are dressed as the buyers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a quick description, like 10 second one. Heath's wearing basically all black. So a black silk suit, uh, his black shoes, and then just a black silk shirt as well. No tie or anything like that. Open a few buttons at the top. His usual rings and like necklaces and all that type of stuff. Alistair's wearing a
1: um, like a really sort of charcoal silk suit. Like it's it's
2: dark grey charcoal suit with a black bow tie. So he's going to turn his attention to to Alistair. All right, boy. So you're the authenticator. You're there to peruse. Have a look around. You uh, feed information right back it. to me. We'll use that as your cover for looking around, investigating people, that type of stuff. So you come back to me, you tell me this type of stuff. If anyone asks, you're, you're the authenticator. You're the, the, the checker. Right. Uh, Got it. Keep interactions to a minimum. These aren't the type of people you want to interact with. These aren't the type of people who you want to know anything about you. Okay, well... Um If they are suppose I can be a if they push for anything, just direct them towards me. Particularly eccentric authenticator that doesn't like talking to people. I can I can do that. If anything, just say business, this is this is my work, direct them towards me. Right. Buck, you're all good? Yep,
0: I think I have everything I need. She's checking her tattoos. Um, she's wearing a much cheaper black suit, the standard that you would see for anyone's private security or tufts. Mm-hmm. Uh, something to blend in.
1: Uh, Aubrey, do I have any... Are there any restrictions on my usual kit that I usually have with me? Only like, things... do I not have my gun or my knives? Like, what's... Um, have I had to sacrifice that for my what I'm wearing, basically?
0: You probably would have. Puck is uh, armed... The two of you are not. You know that you are going to be searched when you get there. There will be no firearms allowed inside the auction. Those yeah. running the event will
2: have their own security. Nobody else's security will be allowed to carry. I would like to point yep. this out, just because I have given this actually some thought for in any of these types of situations. Heath has a walking cane and is made of the same type of metal as his batons. Mm-hmm. So it's that with like a rounded head at the end. So it's for that type of thing of just like, if I can't carry any weapons, then I have this. It's sturdy, it's large, it's heavy yep. and people can't really take it off me because I've got a bad leg. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? <laughs> type of thing. That'll be the excuse. So that's just the yep. one thing that he has on him. Um, I'm presuming that Puck, with her power, she's just carrying all our kit, basically. She's carrying as much as she can. Yeah, um, Probably not the Warhammer because the Warhammer's
0: big. No, because one thing, whether we had mentioned it in canon or not, is that Puck still feels the weight of everything that she's carrying in tattoos. So she ah. can't carry... Right. unreasonable amounts of yeah. kit. Yeah, sure. Uh, but she but would have several firearms. It's not to get flagged by security because she just has... Exactly. She it. would have several firearms. She would have flares, grenade, like flashbang type of stuff. She would have all of your normal kit, all of your charms and wards for supernatural events, all of those sort of things she would have.
2: She would have coils of rope and that sort of yeah. stuff, a first aid kit. Heath is going to lean forward and pull a little box from behind him. It's quite a nice little box. He's going to lean forwards to you too. And he's going to look up at you too. Alright, so, thought these could be kind of useful, considering we're not allowed our usual kit. And he opens it up, and you see four rings. So one is silver, and one is ash. So replicants of the ones that he wears. So two for okay. each of you. If we go up against anything, the old folklores sometimes hold true. He holds them I at mean, too.
1: I don't know if it's going to be as effective
0: as a uh Knife, but... Okay, thanks, he If you can't have a knife, then you can always punch. Other than Puck, you are effectively going in unarmed. Although, because private security, Puck is going to stay quite close to you. The car pulls through some very rusted iron gates into a uh, junk compound outside of this warehouse. Uh, you can see that the gate is manned. You are stopped. The driver is stopped at the gate. He talks to a very burly man in a heavy raincoat. There's paperwork passed back and forth. The car is allowed in. You are dropped at the front door of this warehouse. It looks like it should be a mechanics repair shop. There's junk everywhere. Nothing about this looks above board or even remotely professional. Especially for the kind of meeting that you were going into. Um, all three of you can make perception checks for me. Two for
1: Alistair. I don't get a. Do I get a plus to that? I would just say my, that you get advantage uh,
0: because you kind of know what you're looking for.
1: Seven.
2: Twelve. Oh, I rolled it nice. an 11 and then I rolled with advantage and I got 12. <laughs> I was like, what's the point of rolling a second time? It's just going to be bad? I'll be sad.
0: Yes. The two, <laughs> uh, Puck and Alistair, see less. This being one of your first covert. Missions? Almost nothing that you've ever been on before has required you to be undercover or to have any kind of alibi. Heath, you have done several missions like this in the past, so you know what to look for. Uh, You know that this compound that you're in is a barbed wire fence at the top. You know that there are security patrolling the inside and the outside of the fence. Uh, You know that there are men stationed outside the different entrances and exits of the warehouse itself. And as you are shown through the door, uh, you step into this workshop space that has obviously only recently been cleared. Obviously this is a normal business that is set up uh, and has been used for tonight only. You can see that there are a number of rickety folding chairs, uh, a small table set up at the head where there is obviously gonna be items shown. You can see that there are a few men and women milling around Many of them are well dressed but not so formally as you. One man in particular takes your notice. He's sort of a, an older man, hunched and dowdy, very thin. His face uh, is scarred and pockmarked, not like battle scars but just sort of life scars. Life scars, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. he needs he needs a shave. His hair is a little unkempt. He has very uh, heavy square glasses. Uh, he seems to be wearing, like jogging pants and trainers. Other people, he must be rich. Then. Yeah, other people <laughs> dress better in these sort of things. You have your covers. You have ID on you to back it up. Yep, you were searched at the door. Keaton Baldwin. Let me think of a name.
2: Jasper Hartman. Yeah, that's good. He throws open the door and clatters out pulling off the uh, the whole like bad right leg thing quite well. And he like, gets out of the car. And as Puck's getting out, he kind of spits at her. I don't know what I'm paying you for, having to open it myself. And he's going to walk over towards the rest of the, the group, sneering at the, like, the pop-out chairs and all that type of stuff as he goes to whatever bouncer there is or front man. Yep, you're searched,
0: uh, all three of you. Puck hands over the 9 millimeter that she is carrying as part of your security detail um, and you can see that it's put directly into
2: a literal gun safe at the door uh, where it's locked. He mm-hmm. gestures around. She's security. He's authenticator. I um, believe I'm a loud one. Yes,
0: sir. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're shown to uh, seats. To one side, let's say you're Midway through the crowd, there's maybe only 15 people here and enough chairs for this. You're on the right-hand side, kind of in the middle of the crowd. People do not seem disposed to chit-chat or to be making conversation with one another. Most of them are do seem to be more than one person, Mm -hmm. uh, either in pairs or trios, and they talk quietly amongst themselves.
1: Alice is going to lean into Heath and say, uh, in a low voice that plausible that he's trying to you know, talk to his employer, but not so low that nobody else will hear necessarily. He's like, Mr. Baldwin, I would like to verify the authenticity of the item as quickly as possible.
2: Yes, yes, go do whatever you like. He's going to sit down and cross his arms and look around the room. If Alistair was to
1: walk to the person in charge and ask, can he see the thing? Where would that be, Aubrey? Uh,
2: You can
0: see that the table at the head, which is covered in a, a black velvet cloth, Uh, and small like display stands. There is nothing yet on the stands. Uh, There is a man in a black suit with a bow tie. He's a younger man, maybe late 30s, uh, beginning to go grey at the temples. Um, He has a very sharp face, very sharp features. Uh, He's talking to one older lady. um. I walk over. Yes, can I help you?
1: Hello, my name is uh, Hartman. I'm the appraiser for Mr. Baldwin, I was
0: wondering when I might be able to uh, look at the items, please. The authenticators, of course. The authenticators will be given a chance to inspect the items once they are up for show. Thank you. Is that all? Mr.
1: Baldwin would like to inquire as to the security measures being uh,
0: employed for the protection of the items. <laughs> he sort of raises an eyebrow, just just a jot as a newcomer, Mr. Baldwin can extend us the courtesy of assuming we know our own business. There is nothing to fear, obviously, and yes, any item that we are dealing with is valuable. Now, you said your name was Hartman? Hartman. Yes. Jasper Hartman. Jasper Hartman. Mm-hmm. He's going through his list. Mm-hmm. Good. And where do you hail from, Mr. Hartman? I don't seem to have you on file.
1: I like to keep my origins and my personal information
0: as private as possible in a line of work such as mine. Understandable, of course, Mr. Hartman. But I'm sure you are aware that anyone in this line of business tends to know the others is not exactly large. Of course. Any newcomer is going to be treated with a polite amount of suspicion. I would expect nothing less.
1: However, my employer has his requests and I am a private man. He gives a little curt nod and then, like, starts kind of wandering (laughs) away, not in a rude way, but just in a, this conversation's over way. Right.
0: Uh, Yes, the man uh, who was uh, David Springfield, the auctioneer, watches you go. A little confused because he feels like you, you left... Almost
2: mid-sentence, he was expecting it to go somewhere else. Um, Heath is going to, like, like shout out of the crowds, Hartman, what are you doing? If the item's up there, just come on back, my god, man.
1: Uh, Alistair makes eye
0: contact with uh, David again, and he's like, tutor calls? And he walks over back to Heath. As the auction uh, begins, you can see that there are a number of lots uh, coming up. Most of these items are quite small. Uh, Most of them are fairly precious. Now, Springfield does not give extensive descriptions of these different items. Most of them he uh, refers to as being related to this case or that case. Uh, And you begin to realise that just about every one of these items seems to be related to a death. As you had been given the briefing uh, by Anne... Yeah, I was just about to ask how much money have we been allotted for this because of the nature of it you are dealing in cash and unmarked bills basically you are looking at close to a million dollars uh you know also Anne has been able to narrow it down uh, either to the teacup or the stuffed animal she didn't know what kind of stuffed animal it was and there is no inventory or list as part of your auction sure but you do know that just about everything here just about everyone here seems to be primarily interested in these items because they are either supposedly cursed or the origins of a different haunting of some variety. At the point in the auction, uh, the first one of your suspected items comes up. Uh, it is a teacup, a little chipped. Alistair, uh roll for me with advantage.
1: Well, I they said I would get an opportunity to inspect oh, it up okay. close.
0: Sure, right, sure thing. Ah, uh, yes. With with each lot coming up items are allowed to be inspected uh, under close supervision of Mr. Springfield.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now, this is obviously a paranormal knowledge role, mm-hmm. but do I get advantage as well
0: or just? You get advantage because you already kind of know what you're looking for. Uh, you're not the only okay. um, authenticator there, by the way. There is uh, a woman and a much older man as well.
1: Well, that's a 12. A 10 plus 2 paranormal Damn knowledge is Damn, boy! Is the best role. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, the older man Alistair is Alistair allowed... is also now wearing like silk gloves. Yes. The older man is allowed to inspect it first. He looks it over. He seems to find nothing of any particular interest to him. He passes it to you. As soon as you touch it, Alistair, you feel a vibration run up your arm. It's almost like a discordant feeling compared with the firearm, the service weapon. It's like a almost like a different pitch of the same vibration. Okay, mm. uh, you do not feel a voice or that coalescing in the back of your mind the way that you felt with the f- with the um, service revolver.
1: Alistair doesn't spend too long investigating, it, but he also doesn't like. It'd be suspicious if he just looks at it and then just leaves it because obviously Heath is going to be interested in this item. Yes, make a
0: quick um, make a perception it. check for me, not related to the cup. That's a seven. Um, the, the woman next to you, the other authenticator, uh, she's quite eager to get her hands on it. Mm. That's about as much as you can tell.
1: Okay, uh, Alistair... She's reaching for it you know, before it you're quite done with it. One moment.
0: He finishes what he's doing and
1: then says, thank you steps away uh, and I'm gonna watch her mm-hmm. quite and Heath just rolled a nine for general room tempo you see mm. Alistair look at you and just give you the kind of thing that you wouldn't even even if you were watching him you wouldn't even notice just like that tiniest nod to give you the idea that this is the item
0: that you're looking for Heath there is a strange chill to the room it is this is a chill that Heath recognizes. With a nine, hard to put your finger on it. A lot of things would gi- give Heath this feeling, um, but definitely something is not great in this environment to Heath. Everyone seems more than a little on edge. I mean more like the why. chill that he got when he, when like the masked man touched him. Oh, very much. It is very much along those lines, but with a nine, yeah. you cannot pin down where it's coming from or exactly if it's exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. What's the other woman doing? Uh, she is making a very detailed investigation of the cup.
1: Uh, Alistair is
2: still standing next to him. and goes, "This is an
0: interesting item." She doesn't respond.
2: All right, never mind. he taps on like the top of his cheekbone, like indicating for you to come over and tell him what you found, like what all the other indicate, like um, people are doing. Yeah, Alistair walks over.
1: This item is indeed what you
2: look for, Mister Baldwin. Hmm. Good. And keep the chit-chat to a minimum. You're here to appraise. Nothing else. You can socialise on your own time. At that point, the light's cut.
0: You're plunge into immediate darkness and there is immediately a, a, a titter of voices as people... Uh, cry out either in shock or just in surprise. Okay. Uh, And straight away you hear Mr. Springfield's voice raised.
2: Security! Heath is going to immediately, like, try and grab Alistair, just to, like, not make you, like, just like, no, don't get shot by someone. (laughs) So,
1: Aubrey, Mm -hmm. at the start of the session, I re-rolled my prescience because I figured it was a long time since we'd done that. So I re-rolled to get fresh numbers. Uh, And I have a 7 and a 12. Okay. Okay. So I would like to, the second the lights go out, Alistair obviously realizes something's going to go wrong. He's going to close his eyes as well, even though that's not going to make any difference. And I would like to go into my prescience vision or whatever we're calling it Mm -hmm. uh, to try and see the room while it's dark because, you know, I I guess Alistair can see things happening without actually needing to see them with his eyes. Mm -hmm. And I would like to... I'll roll for it first. Uh, That's a 10, but I will substitute
2: it for my... Mm. I I don't know. Should I substitute it? 10's, I think, good enough. 10's pretty good. Yeah, I'd save the roll Uh, for a disaster. Yeah, I'd save save the 12 for a a bad
1: situation. So, yeah, I rolled a 10 to see what is happening in the
0: room while it's pitch black. All right, you cannot see much of anything. Mm. There is very little outside light getting into the workshop itself. You're in a built-up area. There are streetlights and things around, but it seems like a lot of the power has just gone out—not just this building. But I'm not using my eyes; You're I'm using, using my sense your prescience. Of what's toe. happening around me? You can—you get the distinct impression that just about everyone around you in the seats have scrambled to the floor for the exact same reasons okay. that we were worried that if anyone was to begin shooting. The safest yep. place to be is on the ground uh, you can and, I imagine we would have done that yeah, as well. you can also see that a lot of the security is moving the private security is moving to protect to cover their charges uh, the security in charge of the venue have started closing in on the dais and you can see
2: that they are fumbling for torches fumbling for weapons Heath is going to he's not he's not aware of what you're doing Heath is just going to like half getting up, moving close to you and whispering into your ear, he's here. Okay, what about the cup? As you focus on the cup, you still have the impression there is at least
0: two people by the small desk uh, that all the items were okay. shown on and you catch the flickering glimpse of green light. From the cup? From the behind the desk. Ooh,
1: okay. How long do I have before somebody... Either, because again, I'm assuming with my 10, I can see into the future to figure out how long I have. Do I have time to get to the table and take the cup and hide it before either somebody reaches the cup or one of the guards turns their light on? Because I feel like that's something Alistair would know Uh,
0: if he has to. You would know that that the cup is already in the hands of the woman uh, who was holding it previously, this other uh, authenticator. And you could say that you probably have less than a whole second before someone switches a torch on because the security are moving in you can also feel behind you Puck making the exact same motions drawing a gun from her back and uh, a torch from her forearm uh, so I don't have time to get it to her no, you roll a 10 for your sense uh, you're not using your prescience which would give you a further reach what you know, this is just your your trained spatial awareness that's showing you that everybody is moving and the split second before the lights went out where everyone was. Okay. Heath, what are you doing?
2: Heath is going to feel the air as he breathes out plume and kind of recognise that feeling and feel almost like a shiver run down through, not through his spine, but like through his chest and through his ribs from like his cheekbones Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. the glove was before and he is going to kind of pulling uh, Alistair down because his thought is someone's going to get shot here. He has a feeling it's gonna be Alistair. <laughs> that's... Alistair doesn't resist, but on
1: the way down, as you are whispering in his ear, after he's taken all this in, he just whispers
2: back to you, He's behind the table. Heath is going to stand up and like crack the his stick down and shout out, What the bloody hell happened to the lights? Aren't you people professionals? Alright, it's exactly that moment that the torches
0: switch on. First one and then three and pucks as well. And straight away, they are all trained on the front of the room. At the same instant, standing directly behind the auctioneer, you can see the indistinct shadowy figure. You can see the two balls of green light that are the eyes. You can see one hand wrapped around the neck of the authenticator, the other around the face, the mouth, nose, face of the auctioneer. Mm. Alistair starts moving he's still low on the ground, immediately starts moving towards where the cup is. As straight away the security pistols are raised, uh, they're shouting. There is barely two seconds you begin to move forwards before a gun goes off. Very deftly, the figure just moves the auctioneer in front of him. The auctioneer is shot four times. <laughs> He's thrown aside the masked figure, turns moving the Authenticator with him and he's now making for the back door, effectively. He's making for the other end of this workshop. For this type of situation, for like giving chase, is there any ba- like bonuses? You're actually going to be at a bit of a disadvantage because you're in the middle of a crowd of people and the other security. Mm, okay. So you have more to negotiate than he does.
2: With an eight, Heath is going to just go off at a sprint after the other man. Like he keeps up the, the, the quote unquote limp for like three steps and is like, no, we're just going. And just starts sprinting and is going to like hold up it like two fingers into the air Uh, like high enough for Puck and Alice to see which is symbol of follow me as he takes off after the masked man and he gives a shout as he's going he's like bloody man took the artifact. <laughs> well, I rolled a natural 12 to get out of the building. So
1: am I now in front of Heath then? Because I started moving straight away. So am I in front of him or are we both together? We would say you're
0: both together because he is not getting out of the building. He's heading to the back of this workshop. Now, there is Sorry. more equipment. I mean, I mean, out of the crowd. <laughs> yes, out of the crowd. Absolutely. You you negotiate your way out. You vault over chairs, puck uh, shoulders into one of the security men who are still taking fire, who would have hit you otherwise. Um, and she Mm -hmm. is moving after you You can hear that there is absolute chaos
1: rolling with my 12 is there a really obvious second way i could go to cut him off or like is there a different path i could take that would
0: might or is it just a corridor uh it's basically just one big room full of mechanical equipment full of junk this is a basically a mechanics workshop and you can't see any obvious way out yet all right you're heading after him Make perception checks for me, because neither of you have torches. Puck does, and she's bringing him the rear. Twelve again! Uh, I got an eights again. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're able to keep track of him in the flashing of the lights. You see him more like a shadow than ever anything else. Vault onto the top of a table, onto the top of another piece of machinery, and you can see that there is a skylight he is going for at the very
2: back of this room. Okay, Heath, f- seeing that Alistair is running quicker, he is going to spin around as he's running and kind of crash his back into one of the larger pieces of machinery, cupping his hands together and lean them down, indicating for Alistair to, like, yes. jump onto them and push him up.
1: Yes! Yes, Alistair's going to fly! <laughs> Absolutely, I take that.
2: All right, Rolf, uh,
0: athletics for me. No, just to Alistair.
1: I can't see if there's an athletics skill, but I feel like Alistair would have had one if it's on the shoot. Plus two yeah, base, so it's a plus two.
0: two. But I'd Oh, Come on, he's gotta do it. He's so gotta do it.
1: With the plus.
0: For with the plus. Yeah. As Alistair like steps into the the, the hand stirrup and is launched forwards, uh, he looks up and realizes uh the power that Heath has put into this plus his trajectory is just gonna send him head first into one of the beams at the top. <laughs> uh he's okay. misjudged the angle effectively.
1: Alright, at some point in this crazy (laughs) moment of flying through the air, um, Alistair is going to once again not trust his own eyes, he's going to close his eyes, and I would like to substitute my roll for my 12 with my prescience with a plus 2 for acrobatics is a 14, Aubrey. You realise
0: as you close your eyes that you are heading headfirst into uh, a steel beam above the roof. <laughs> you twist your neck in mid-air and your body follows. body begins to spiral slightly conveniently you realize that there is other parts of the roof structure almost like ladder rungs uh, pieces of
1: yes
0: <laughs> and you find a foothold and then another and you basically push yourself upside down up the roof heading straight for this figure oh, yes uh, now, do I,
1: do I cut him off? Because I did roll a 14. You hit him.
0: You launch yourself yes. straight into him. You
1: tackle him almost around the waist yes. as he is climbing yes. up through this skylight. No, no, feet first. Feet first.
0: Oh, you go feet first, okay.
1: Yeah, like I'm running and then I jump and like move my body backwards so that my feet, like anime kick flying through the air. <laughs> as he's gonna go through the window my feet like connect with his torso yeah you
0: basically slam into him slamming the rest of his body into the frame of this this window that he is going out through uh you realize that the authenticator is nowhere to be seen the woman that he had with him is gone what about the cup uh you don't know where the cup is either he seems to have both hands free as you connect with him your momentum hits him but carries you and he through the skylight you're basically able to connect with him and push him up yes, into the skylight yes. he crashes to the ground on top of the roof the roof is relatively flat it's slightly sloping you gain your feet very quickly he scrabbles in the slick rain uh, trying to gain purchase on the gradient of the roof
1: Well, I rolled a ten. This is searching for the cup. Uh, can I say that that's paranormal knowledge to add the plus,
0: or is it just a straight um, perception? to It see would if be I a straight perception in this instance. Okay, so that's a ten. Unfortunately, with a ten, you can't tell. He obviously must have it on him. Where the woman's gone, you can't tell. Sure, uh, you can't see any pockets or anything, but you don't know what he has under this rain cloak. You can almost bank that it is on his person somewhere but you can't
2: see it okay sure so Heath, still with his back against the big piece of machinery, is going to whistle out for puck and hold his hands back down again and with a 10 is going to support her to throw her right. up as well in the same same move again you throw her with also a 10
0: puck like a natural gymnast is flicked upwards she grabs the lintel of the, the skylight and begins to haul herself up Heath, unfortunately, you are downstairs yep. with some very angry security. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to ask what the
2: security are doing. Um, is there any other exits by chance? Uh, No. <laughs> okay. Uh, great. <laughs> if I, I'm not sure if Heath's going to be a claim brought this thing. Yeah. All right. Alistair,
0: make a roll for me and a post grapple check.
1: Uh, it's a Five.
0: You can make it with your um, proficiency, we would say. Your hand-to-hand.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, oh, it's an 8 then.
0: Uh, not better than 11.
1: Oh. Uh, you still have the 7, just saying. That's still... Because 7 plus 3 is only
0: 10. That's not better than 11 still. As you regain your feet, you are fully prepared uh, for the fight. Your hands are up. You've squared yourself. As this figure scrabbles uh, to regain purchase on the roof... You are preparing for a showdown.
1: I think I would have run in to attack it.
0: You are basically readying yourself and as you dart forwards, he just lets go and he drops from the roof. Ooh. and falls uh, into the darkness below. There are still no lights on up here. He basically just avoids you and rolls down uh, the slope of the roof into the darkness. Puck is Whoa. up. Uh, she draws another one of her guns and hands it to you, but you already feel the tingle in your hand as the service revolver materializes. Oh, yeah. All right,
1: I just look at her and I go, I don't think that'll be necessary, and I go after her. Are him. you sliding down the roof? Oh, yeah. In the coolest way possible. puck is right behind you. With the rain and like, oh, yeah. All
0: right, you're heading fast for the edge of the roof. You can see there are
2: shipping containers and things below you here in the storage. Uh, Heath, what are you doing? Heath is going to heft up his walking stick and go stamping towards the other guards shouting, what the blurring hell are you doing? My boys are already after them. Have you secured the other stuff? Mobilize, goddammit, someone's making away of your stuff. I He rolled a 12 for linguistics. Right. He's going oh, to talk nice. his way out of this. All
0: right. The the head of security is very
2: confused by this as you like browbeat him into submission. You can see that it someone starts, like, jabbing him hard in the chest. is like, my boy's having to do this to make up for your lousy work.
0: Yeah, they are, they are quite dismayed at, at how much you are admonishing them. They are already, they've secured every other piece, and you can see that they are private security shepherding away their people and all these other things. It's chaos, but organised. Uh, and you can see that the other guards are spreading out. Two of them are trying to get each other through the um, skylight out after them. Heath just shouts back, They'll be on the ground already! Head around! Head around! Don't go up! Back to Alistair and Puck. You slide to the edge, your feet hit the gutter what are you doing all
1: right i dig my heels into the gutter uh like bend my legs to slow my descent and then i grab the gutter with my left hand swing myself over so i'm hanging by my left hand and then drop from there so it's less of Mm -hmm. a distance do
0: i see which direction it went uh roll for me puck is going to roll two okay seven all right puck got a natural one (laughs) puck reaches the end of the gutter uh slips and instead of coming down great like in a more levered way as you have she drops straight to the ground uh, and lands quite heavily but is down first she is completely distracted you with a seven uh you can see dark figures scrambling all over the place the security with their torches you catch a glimpse of green light flashing away across this compound i feel like like puck has hit the ground looks up and all she sees is just Alistair's
1: legs, like, running across her vision. He's like, he went this way! <laughs> and, yeah, Alistair's going to sprint after him as quickly as possible.
0: All right, now we'll make an opposed check. Mmm. Mm, that's not a good sound.
2: Or is it? Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> <Mm-mm. laughs> not oh. a good sound. Single digits?
1: Single <laughs> digits. Very much <laughs> oh, no. singular.
2: Yes. Yes. Oh, <laughs> But I. He runs substitute. into a pole. <laughs> <laughs> he went the this dunk. way. Ow! <laughs> you are like looking at, like, because of the water, like, a smooth surface was just reflective. So you were seeing his eyes on, like, the reflective off, of like, a brick wall. Conk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you substituting or are you keeping your one?
1: Uh, What did he run? Uh, you don't know. Or do I not get to find out? Okay,
0: um, yeah, I'm gonna do it. So that's a seven. I'll substitute my one for a seven. All right, we'll say with a seven, you bolt uh, past a number of the security who try to stop you. You have a rough idea of where you're heading. You're heading anyway for the main gate, the main way out. Yep. You screech to a halt at the inside of the gate, trying to figure out where he will have gone. And as you look, he did roll higher than you still. I'm sorry. Okay. On the other side of the street. Well, I probably would have got caught by the guards otherwise. That's okay. On the other side of the street, you see him standing, not quite on the pavement, just in the gutter, basically facing you. And you can see now that the authenticator is with him. You can see the flash of his green eyes in the darkness as the power begins to come back on in the compound behind you. Is she alive? Or can I not see? She seems to be standing, but not moving very much. She sort of sways slightly. Okay, uh, Alistair draws the gun and points it at him. Okay. Is there anyone else around him? Not around him, no. There is still traffic on the road and things. A car passes. But I wouldn't necessarily be in danger of hurting anyone if I Except fired. for her. She is right next to him. Except for her. Starts walking forward. He's like, drop the cup. You can see a ripple of the fabric as he too draws a gun.
1: Okay, can I roll perception on her? Because I don't want to hurt an innocent sure. person. But
0: if she's not actually. Ah, three. Uh, she's not faced. She's just facing the wall. She's not even looking. She doesn't seem to be aware of what's going on. He's drawn the gun. How close? She's is like she? within
1: arm's reach of him. Oh, okay. So she. He's not using her as a shield. No. Oh, well, i fire, then. Okay, roll the hit. Okay.
2: This feels, this feels too easy.
0: <laughs> I know. It's an 11. The familiar feeling of um, heat, of air expanding, then contracting, uh, and the massive crack that this gun makes as it fires. As you fire this gun, it passes right through him. You see the bullet pass through him. As if it has hit him, oh. you see his the fabric of his clothing move. And then you see the round impact the wall behind. And the explosion throws the woman to the ground, but he doesn't move. You're left in the echo as the shot reverberates. And as he stands... Uh, swaying slightly, his clothing moving in the wind, a truck passes in front of you, and he's gone.
1: Okay, uh, I just... (laughs) I look at the gun. What was that? And then I
0: sprint towards the woman. Uh, Is she okay? Uh, She seems dazed and a little concussed, perhaps, but she's okay. Okay, uh, I...
2: Pull her off the ground and like sit her up against a wall and, you know, check the vital signs and all that. With a nine, Heath now comes around the corner, being driven again by the guy who was driving the car before and like screeches to a stop in front <laughs> of you two, throwing open the door. It's like, Where's Puck? Where is Puck? Come on. Puck the is security the guards are coming! Puck is already uh, running across the street. She was not far behind Alistair. It was just with the one, slowed her down. You can see he has a bloody nose and blood on his knuckles as well. It's like they were very angry. They got very angry. <laughs> Let's go! Bring her! You can, you can see he was hesitating.
1: He's like he didn't want to leave this woman. Nods. Puck's coming. Puck and he, slides, uh, lifts over her into <laughs> the passenger side.
0: Roll for bonnet slide. Uh, two. She stops in the middle. (laughs) It's not graceful, but it works. Uh, Yeah, Alistair drags her into the car. He's like, "Uh, sorry, I guess you're coming with us. And she's too dazed to resist. You speed off into the night. You can hear sirens already after the gunfire. The three of you are in the back seat. Uh, Puck is in the front seat with the driver. Uh, Well, Alistair's would be looking. He's like, all right. Did he hurt you? Did he do something to you? Are you okay? She's still two days. She's not speaking. She seems to be somewhere between fully conscious and only
2: semi-conscious. Heath has gotten like a, a napkin and is like holding his nose with it. If it's anything like what happened to me, she ain't going to be talking for a while. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. Well, uh,
1: sorry, Heath. Um, it. Sorry. Uh, I fired the gun.
2: Uh, that's what that grenade was.
1: Yeah, no, not a grenade. No, uh, yeah, it, it really goes off when it goes off. Mm. Um, Warwick would love... Oh, Warwick. It uh, went...
0: He's like pulling his phone. like, I <laughs> got one, Warwick. Warwick is standing in the middle of Brixton somewhere <laughs> with like 10 black ops. SWAT team's going, where are they? <laughs> Nobody tells me anything.
1: <laughs> and who brought a tank?
0: Then he hears a resounding crash like... Oh there they are right this way <laughs> just like sets off, off with a jog <laughs> it's about two kilometers that way
1: alistair looks at looks like you know he's he's kind of resigned to the fact that she'll wake up eventually and he looks heath dead in the eyes and he says
2: heath i didn't miss it went straight through him hmm Heath brushes the his nose which is finally starting to to stop bleeding and he feels his phone vibrating in his pocket and he looks kind of darkly at Alistair and as he's answering the phone kind of mouths to him, we're in trouble. Yes, the name on the phone uh, is Charlotte Bell, in brackets,
1: boss. Alistair kind of ge- shoots you back a look of kind of apologetic and also
0: scared and also I don't know what else I was supposed to do. All right, Heath, you hear the
2: voice coming... Uh, very sharply over the call. Hi, Char.
0: Explanation now, please.
2: Well, you see, the lights went out and it was quite dark. Uh, okay,
0: we're just going to wind this back up just a little bit, Heath. Anne said that she had sent you on the whole intercept the item before it's stolen again, and I'm just getting reports now of gunfire in Brixton?
2: Well, I mean, when you send Warwick... This was Warwick- supposed to be...
0: Warwick isn't even there.
2: He's. I. I, I was I'm told sure he's, he's be on there. his
0: way. Don't worry. I, I was told that this was supposed to be a stealth operation, Heath.
2: Well, that was the plan.
0: People are calling the fire department, telling them that someone's been firing a tank round. Now, would you like to explain to me what that's about?
2: It did sound rather impressive. Yes, did it? Did it was quite loud.
0: Oh. Is anything burning?
2: No, no. That's why I think it's rather silly to be Tell calling them that the, the gangsters. The amb- had the, was it, the tank gun? The Is gangsters. Is that Alistair? I'll put it on speaker. Aisha.
0: Hello, Team Wormwood.
2: Hello, yeah, yes. They
0: do had you, a Do you or do gun. you yeah. not have the item in question?
2: No. No, the masked man took it. <sighs> I
0: tried I tried. And they botched it. Anne. No, they did and no, they didn't get it. Well, don't, well, what did you don't want us to Don't pull that face at me. Hold on. Don't pull that face at me, Anne. You sent them in. They are not a covert squad. Here is what we are going to do. Um, You're going to disappear. That's what we're going to do. You're going to disappear because everyone else is going to have Alistair under strict surveillance. This is not good for you or for me having staked so much...
2: You're going to disappear. why didn't we have backup? Why didn't we have perimeter teams? You sent three people in when you were aware of the stakes of this.
0: No, this was Anne's operation.
2: We knew what happened last time. Alistair, Alistair hold on. Alistair. Also, Anne's operation. To have.
0: We had them en route. That is why Warwick is now apparently jogging through London. Why he didn't take a car, I don't know.
2: shut do you understand the, the problem exactly do with that? Do not
0: sass me.
2: shut Anne's operation. This is a tier operation. We operate oh, as an organisation, not individuals giving orders. There isn't just there isn't just shots being called by individuals. This is an organisation. Hey, hey, Heath. Shah. Heath. Hey, Shah. Calm down.
0: How's your pension looking?
2: Uh, probably not great after this. You
0: ready for an early retirement, maybe?
2: Oh, I'm too good. It's
0: not as true as you might like it to believe. Okay. Here's
2: well, I thing. mean, I'm you, not the one who's giving botched orders about different you, team orders. Anyway, yes.
0: The three of you being reposted. We've got a tip-off from one of the trackers in the field. We're sending you far-flung, the other side of the planet, on a tracking support mission. I don't know. I'll send you the exact details. You get back to base, you pack your bags, and you go. You get out of dodge for, I don't know, two weeks, and you leave this to me. I will clean up this mess, and when we get back on track, you and I are going to have a little talk about your decorum. I
2: Heath. would love to have that little chat with you. Bet you would. Okay. I've been waiting to have a chat with Pack some of the team Heath. members. She hangs It'll up. Be a great ah. Oh, she's gone. <sighs> what was that about? Hmm. What was that about? Which part? part cleans over the
0: the, the part
1: where she gave I think we're in you trouble. A, a grilling for us n- doing our job. It's not our fault that that he showed up and that we had to improvise and fix the situation. I, how is she not thanking us? I don't, I don't get
2: it. Alistair, if you if you haven't noticed, uh, he kind of drums his fingers. Tear isn't the most uh, stable of organisations. It's uh, it's got a lot of problems, and those problems will be rounded yeah. out at some point. But uh, at the moment we have to deal with their little inner issues, their little squawkings at each other, so until then uh, we just have to put our heads down and deal with it until they sort themselves out but we're being reposted yeah, okay back uh, but are you listening vaguely. Okay. <laughs>
0: Dark Tides is Chester Lyddon as Heath O'Sullivan, BJ Ingate as Alistair Stern, and me, Aubrey Lyddon, as everyone and everything else. If you enjoy our show, please like, please comment... Please subscribe. All those things that you do on YouTube. Hit that bell icon. Yeah, all those things that you don't do for podcasts, do for this one. Add us to your watch list. (laughs) Find a way. If you're you're a real fan, you'll you'll find a way. You can follow us on most forms of social media. We post updates and links to various uh, other projects, news, all sorts of fun things. You can check out the Paranormal Podcast Collective on Facebook. Uh, it's a wonderful little group where like-minded listeners of paranormal audio drama stories, share recommendations, chat about shows. We get news and updates from a bunch of different shows. It's a fantastic little community. If you are interested in finding more Dark Tides content, you can check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash We have a bunch of bonus content from mini series, prequels, monthly bonuses and after show chat with the cast you can support us there and get access to all those wonderful things we will see you next week with a brand new episode of dark tides until then stay safe